there'll always be the argument that video games are meant to be played for fun. Believe me, some of it's a lot of fun. Video games are meant to be played at home, relaxing, on a couch, amongst friends, and they are, and that's fun. But competitive gaming, when you want to attach your name to a world record, when you want your name written into history, you have to pay the price. Show the night fly coming at you on a Sunday, uh, early Sunday evening, in a dreary New York weekend. Rain and horribleness and depression and dark, and the sun hasn't shined, shone in two days. And but we're here, we're doing it. And uh, normally would never do it on a Sunday because I'm always depressed on Sundays. But uh, I had to, I had to finish up some stuff on Saturday so I could bring it to you people. So we can all have a good time and a good laugh for a couple of hours on an awesome podcast called The Nightfly. Hey now, how are you everybody? Great to be here by myself. Once again, I think that's three weeks in a row, but listen, we got a lot of stuff to clear up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on today that we had to put together. I got a long process and a long podcast we have to get together so we can finally get back on track and, and do what we need to do. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, and I'm also hungover. From last night, because last night I went to go see my sister's uh, show, Shrek. You know, the one where she and my niece talk about how eight-year-olds are the greatest actors they've ever seen in their life uh, because these uh, women are insane. There's no way, other way to put it that my sister is a crazy person because we played the tape where she's like, oh, listen, she's an all-around performer, and uh, we'll see how that pans out tonight for you when you see it or when you hear it uh, live today. I don't know about a new podcast. Also, um, I was with my niece last night, my other niece, Liza, and she said, you know, I thought it was really mean that you recorded, uh, you know, Mommy and, and, and Dory the other day, but uh, then when I heard it back, I saw how ridiculous they sounded. I'm like, yeah, I told you, especially out of context. It's much more exciting. But having to sit in the car and listen to these two idiots talking about how great performers eight years old. I mean, I just, y- your friend David Jessica in his 50s doesn't need it. You know who's a great performer? I am. So I have to talk about that. You know who's a great performer? Jeff Lynn at ELO. Opening our show today. It's going to be a great show. So anyway, last night I, got, I found out that Rachel Feinstein, our friend, Rachel Feinstein, got engaged. That's right, everybody. Rachel Feinstein. I'm turning it off to make the announcement. Rachel Feinstein. Got engaged last night. So how could I not, you know, after the the show, my sister, we went a little drinking. And then, I mean, I did not drink after this nonsense, uh, doing a production of Shrek with five-year-olds. Uh, then, uh, But I, I'll tell you this, though. She has 83 kids in that cast. 83 kids, which is the smart move because that makes all the parents come. Got three sold-out shows in a high school venue, which seats about 6,000. You make a lot of money. Unfortunately, she doesn't see any of that money. 
because some horrible Jewish organization gets it, uh, which doesn't put their uh, their bad. I mean, it's the JCC, but uh, they're usually a good organization, but not in this case. And you know, you deal with Jews and money; it, things are never going to go well. So, um, but putting eighty three kids, so you put if you could put a cohesive show together where the kids aren't stepping on everything, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, I don't see her process or anything. I'm sure it's pretty good actually, but you know, the show stinks. It's a you know, it's it's five year olds. So don't sit there and tell us. Like, oh, my God, this uh, kid is, is, is amazing. I've never seen anything like it, um, you know, because it's ridiculous. So anyway, so then after that, I went into the city because what am I not going to celebrate with Rachel and her fiance uh, on this joyous occasion? Because you know what? He's a good guy. We all like him. It's great. So it's very exciting for Rachel to be engaged. So I partied last night. Then, of course, I went to my bar after I left those guys, and I was out till 530 in the morning. The girl sitting there go, Dave, I miss you. I'm like, yeah, I can't come here anymore because every time I come here, I get home at 7 in the morning. I can't take it anymore. I tell you, I can't take it. I'm almost 75 years old. You don't know what it's like. But uh, that's the way it is. And that's the name of that tune. So that's what I did last night. So let's get, I guess we should just, well, let me, let me start, uh, you know, where to begin. Let's start with what happened on Thursday, this past Thursday. My very good friend, Joe Messina, who uh, was kind enough to take me, his wife, and his sister um, to see a VIP performance of Dear Evan Hansen. We were not told what it was, but one of his nieces um, works in some program, I think, called Inside Broadway. And they were doing a special production. We didn't know what it was. Meanwhile, we get there. It's like a thousand kids. It's like fifty school buses piling in with you know all the all the kids from my sister's show. It seemed like, you know, fourth grade. So they're talking about, and this is how the lights work on Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, it stinks technically because I was expecting a full performance with the new cast because you know, I mean, how many times in this podcast have we talked about the unbelievableness of Ben Platt and the likes of which we may never see again? And now that I have seen. Uh, the other performer, we're not going to see it again anytime soon because they stink. But that uh, we'll get to that in a second. So five of the cast members come out. They sing five songs, uh, but not in a row. And this boring man who runs inside Broadway, this should, I should get a clue. If you're doing a show for kids, get somebody more entertaining than yourself to present a show so it's really entertaining for the kids. Although you have the songs and stuff, and you are showing lighting and the effects and stuff which kids like, you're boring. You stink, and you with your, you're sitting there with your paper, which sucks. It, it, it reminded me of, well, it reminded me of two things. First thing, it reminded me of Sonny Fox on the old Wonderama show. Now, none of you remember that. None of you, nobody's that old to rem- that listens to podcasts can remember that. Sonny Fox, Wonderama, first of all, was a show that apparently was local, and I've talked about it on the show before. We all thought, who lived here, thought it was nationwide. And it was a three-hour show on Sundays from 8 to 11, and it was local, but if your friends were on it, they were heroes for the next week and a half until, you know, the next show aired. And the original host, this guy, Bob McAllister, was the host that we all remember, who was great and animated and fun and handsome. But before that guy, there was this guy, Sonny Fox. In fact, I actually did a parody of it in college. Sonny Fox, and he'd wear a three-piece suit, and he was no fun. And, you know, it was just like one of these guys from 50s and 60s kid shows who was probably the head of the network and just like, yeah, hey, we should put a kid show on. And he's doing this stuff and he's not interacting well with the kids, which is why he was gone with like, like two years. He's wearing a three-piece suit. Like he just came from the office with his briefcase when he walks in. That's why we did it in school. It was really funny. Um, I called my panorama. 
And uh, I would come in with the beefcase like I was an attorney the day, but then I had a kid show at night or vice versa, whatever the fuck it is. So, um, yeah, so this guy stinks when he's doing thing. But so they're showing uh, some of the, uh, the, 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 the props. You know, they're showing that. And these are the props. And they bring out, like, the prop people. And the prop people are more exciting than this guy who runs inside Broadway. The prop people, the lighting people, were actually more entertaining than this old coot who was just absolutely, I'm sure he's a nice man, but he shouldn't be performing for children. Children get bored really easy. You got to lighten it up. You got to ask the fun questions. Do you have a dog? Do you like dogs? Do you like that guy? You know what I mean? It was boring for me, and I'm an adult. And so they're showing, like, this, they're, all they're talking about is this filing cabinet that's in Evan Hansen's bedroom at the beginning. And here's the filing cabinet from the bedroom, kids. And it only reminds me of this scene from The Simpsons. The story of how two brothers and five other men parlayed a small business loan into a thriving paper goods concern is a long and interesting one. And here it is. It all began with the filing of Form 637-A, the application for a small business or farm. Many interesting and important things have been put into boxes over the years. <laughs> the textiles, <laughs> other boxes, even children's candy. No. Will they ever? No, we only make boxes to ship nails. Any other questions? When will we be able to see a finished box, sir? Oh, we don't assemble them here. That's done in Flint, Michigan. Have any of your workers ever had their hands cut off by the machinery? No. And then the hands started crawling around and tried to strangle everybody? No, that has never happened. We just make boxes here. This room is the most popular part of our tour. It's just like the other rooms. Yes. But with one important difference. Oh, we took that out. Yes, it is just like the other rooms. What's that building over there? That's just a TV studio where they film Krusty the Cloud and other non-box-related programs. Since it has nothing to do with boxes, I'll just shut these blinds. I mean, it, it really was like that. I'm not even exaggerating because technically the kids are coming into the city. You know, they're coming into Manhattan to Broadway. And it's like, wow, this is exciting. The Empire State Building, Times Square. And they're sitting there, this thing like, now this is a file cabinet. Now, what this does is you'll notice that it moves on the stage. I mean, it really was like that. Okay, granted, there was some fascination to it, but pretty much with this guy's tone and his attitude and everybody else, it, it was like, what? I, I took off work for this? Um, it was bad. But then, so then we get to the performances. And the performances, you know, I'm waiting to see this new guy. Now, this new guy who sings, um, his name is Michael Lee Brown. He does all the uh, matinees. Because now you don't have to have uh ben platt do it because you know you you get your money back if ben platt's not in the matinee because you you're coming to see ben platt this is why i think the show's going to close by december that's all advanced ticket sales when ben platt was in it and now that i think people are going you realize that the show like especially the second act you know it's not as great as it everybody's like ah this but it wasn't like they were going ah the show they were going ah ben platt so this guy takes over and he's 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 okay but his voice is nothing like Ben Platt. So in that sense, he stinks. And then the other kid, they bring on this other kid who, this kid's an alternate. So he plays Evan Hansen. He plays Connor Murphy. He plays Jared. He plays all the other boys. But he is the gayest kid I've ever seen. And how this kid got to be on Broadway, he can't act not gay. So Evan Hansen, even though Ben Platt is gay, 
he's able to pull off at least looking like he really is in love with this woman. And I bought it, and every audience that went to it bought it. But this kid is so gay, he's, you know, doing the song where he's falling in love with the girl, and it, it, it stinks. It, what is it called? Uh, if I Could Tell Her. And he's singing it to her, and I think even a five-year-old's going like, this kid's he's kidding, right? I mean, he doesn't really like this. He's probably talking about a boy, right? It's, I mean, he can't cover it up. He's so gay. He, oh, I, if I had to see a, a performance with that kid, I would want my money back. I'm pretty sure. Now, this is the kid Mike Lee Brown who does all the matinees, and this is him singing Waving Through a Window. Now, what I'm saying is that he sounds fine, right? You're like, oh, he's okay. But when he goes, waving through, it was annoying the crap out of me. I was sitting there and I was looking at Joe. I don't know whether he can tell the difference or not. I don't know whether his family can tell the difference. I don't know if anybody in that data can tell the difference. But the way that guy is singing this song is the way I sing a song. So then I should be on Broadway because he's like, uh, what would you call it? Like um, you're using your, you know, waving through. You're like screaming it. It's not singing. And it stinks, and it ruins the song. He's, when, when he hits waving it, listen. That's the way your pal Dave just gasped. Waving through a window. Oh, like he got the, the part, you know, I'm tap, tap, tapping on the, oh, oh, and I'm waving through a window. So all of a sudden he, he turns into the, you know, who, the singer of Def Leppard. Uh, you know, when he's got this little song. And, you know, in comparison, this is the way uh, Ben Platt sings it. And you can see his voice is, is kinder. You learned, you on the outside, always looking in, will I ever be more than a voiceman? Because I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass. Waving through a window. I try to speak, but nobody can hear, so I hear the difference it's maybe it's it, it's obviously very subtle but it's not to me to me this guy is like i'm like what is he doing this is the way i sing if somebody's singing the way i sing then they shouldn't be on broadway even though i am you know, trying to audition for broadway and get away with it but this is dear evan hansen and it's supposed to be great and the kid's in a broadway show and he's like screaming because he doesn't have any vocal range where ben hansen the solo the what this what are you saying that it's like legally blonde all over again there's nobody that can replace this guy at least have a, an effective voice. I don't think they can get a person who can act and sing at the same time. I bring up Legally Blonde because I'll never forget. And I said it before this. Laura Bell Bundy. She was, I don't know where she is now. She's, now she's on that anger management show with Charlie Sheen. And that's from years ago. And the only reason she got that is because she's hot. I don't know why she didn't get work again. She was terrific in Legally Blonde. It's a stupid show. But she did a really good job. And she was really, really good. And they had a nationwide search to replace her. And they could never replace her. They couldn't replace her. They did a nationwide search. They replaced it with a girl. The show closed in two weeks. The only reason that this show is still running is because they had advanced ticket sales. I'm telling you, I really believe by the end of the year, it just closes. It just, I mean, we don't hear about it anymore or whatever. This guy was such a phenomenon that he can't be replaced. And certainly, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Ben Platt 
is gay. <laughs> and as I told you, I saw him on Will and Grace and he was kissing, you know, Will. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's different. Listen, yeah, what do you want me to say? You know, it's a, you can be gay. It's fine. I just, you know, it's not for me. Uh, so, but I'd still, this guy's performance rises above. He's able to act. Now, I don't care if he's playing a gay guy or whatever, but he's, but he's not gay in the show. And this, this guy couldn't play not gay. <laughs> and that's hilarious. It, it's hilarious because if I ever release this Cars movie, which I obviously have to do immediately with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame coming up, um, we had a kid that we cast, uh, a friend of the guy who played Greg Hawks, and this guy, <laughs> I don't know whether I told you this, this guy, he played Phil Collins, but when I auditioned him, he goes, well, I can do any imitation spot on, spot on, and he did any imitation, uh, not spot on, so I don't know what his thing of spot on is, but just really gay. So I'm like, well, can you do Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. And he thinks he's actually doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, but every imitation he does, he can't hide the gayness. You know, he can't hide the the uh, effeminateness, you know, which is, there's nothing more hilarious. I mean, Kevin Spacey is really gay. I mean, we definitely know that now, but I mean, I've known for years. I think everybody else has known. Nobody cared until he started raping little boys. But he's really gay. Like, if you meet him in person, he'd be like, hey, everybody. You know, like, that's because that's what he chooses to be. Let's just like Victor Garber. What a great example. Victor Garber. I don't know if you know this guy. He was the, the architect of the Titanic in the movie. Maybe that's where you know him from. I know him from Alias, and he's in DC Heroes of Tomorrow. This guy can act. I, I, I was shocked when I found out he was gay shocked i'm like this guy's a great actor because my friend vincent who was on this podcast larry moss told me he goes oh my god he's so gay i see him in the park all the time and if i'm with another guy he's always like oh well hello vincent but he can act not effeminate and he can choose to be effeminate when necessary and he can choose not to be effeminate because he's an actor i don't understand how this guy gets a part in a show when he can't cover up his effeminateness which does not which you could, you know, the thing about Ben Platt, which made it so simple, I guess, is because they have social anxiety and that could double for maybe feminineness. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I mean, oh my God, how did this guy get on Broadway? I, where are they having these auditions? I got to go in and stop these immediately. It, it's, it's, you know, ugh, I know I'm not wrong about this. Anyway, the reason I bring all this, you know, for, first of all, I can talk about obviously Dear Evan Hansen forever, but, um. I bring it up because I was talking about Shrek. So my sister does a production of Shrek, and we're going to, uh, well, where do we begin with that? Um, well, first of all, in the musical, it's so funny. They have a song called Words. First of all, it's the guy playing Shrek. Was, he was horrible. All right, granted, again, he's, you know, he's, was he 10, 11? You know, so I'll let it go. Uh, but he kind of single-handedly ruined the show. But, um, you know, it's ruined at the beginning because it's Shrek anyway. Nobody cares. But um, they have a song called Words Fail in Shrek. And it's like the whole time, even my brother-in-law is like, isn't that a song on Dear Evan Hansen? So it's kind of funny to have the same song for a crappy musical to have a song with one of the greatest musicals. Because it's big and bright. 
right And by big I don't mean chubby Obviously you're not fat But your personality you know, this is the reason people hate Broadway musicals for like songs like this. People just, I mean, that's, that's, that's the reason why your normal folk won't go to a Broadway musical because um, those kind of songs, because that's the kind of song that stinks and it doesn't need to be sung. You might as well just speak it because it's stupid and it brings us nothing and it brings us no joy. But this one from Dear Evan Hansen, it's like you'll never understand how powerful this song is. And how meaningful it is. It ends act one. And it's the point of the show where you realize that this kid is an absolute master. But you'll never get no, it I'd just from this. Pretend I'm something better than these broken parts. Pretend I'm something other than this mess that I am. Because then I don't have to look at it. And no one gets to look at it. No. Very powerful, very powerful. Not a dry eye in the house, I tell you. Not a dry eye in the house. What if everyone knew? Would they like what they saw? See, even the way he's singing, you, you have no idea until you see it. I mean, how that the fact that he was able to get this into an album, the the emotion and the and the, I can't explain it to you. And however it is they're saying when I'm telling you about it, I. You know, when, when people say like, you know, like Stephen Colbert's like, oh, I cried for two hours. They're, you're missing the point. It's not, it's not a show like that. It's not, a, it's not a Manchester by the Sea crying thing. You're crying because you're moved by the performance. It's a completely different kind of tears. And um, it's goddamn awesome. And like I said, if I can be in the audience and Ray Liotta can be in the audience at the same time, then we're seeing a good show because Ray Liotta's awesome. You're going to say he's not a man? Are you saying he's some sort of pussy? Well, let me tell you, Ray Liotta's the greatest. And since I'm playing him next week, that's right. Hey, everybody, i got to play Henry Hill. All right, Karen, Karen, I decided I have to play him. And I think I'm going to do the voiceover, too, because the more I've been doing it, I've been getting it a little. But nobody can handle the dialogue, you know, just the reading off the script. So I think I'm going to have to. Whatever, whatever. Talk about that later. Let's get to Shrek and my sister's production. Uh, which is the worst production ever in the history of uh, productions. No, you can't. I can't get angry at that. I just like, you know, I had to play. I had to record some clips because we were talking about it. So um, let, this is the opening and it's the best because, you know, like uh, Broadway shows are so perfect and everything. So you, I'm not blaming anybody. It's just, again, it's just when you hear her talking about it and, and doing it, it just sounds like this big thing. And then all you can do is think about that Saturday Night Live sketch that we played where the Legally Blonde one, where they're like, this is going to be amazing. And remember, it's middle school, too, so it's so funny. This is the opening. (laughs) 
See how it picks up because the mic was off and then it gets turned on. And when if you can't understand what's happening, I'm, I hear what you're hearing. This is all I heard as well. It's that unclear. I mean, those people are all around entertainers. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, and here, I mean, seriously, this is what I was. This is what I was hearing the whole time. Seriously, I know you can't understand what they're saying, but neither could I. This is all I heard as well. That's what makes it so extra funny. I can't understand a goddamn word they're saying. It's horrible. What's the matter with these people? <laughs> but it is so cool that Mrs. Haggerty is letting us do Legally Blonde, the musical. Especially since we're the first middle school in all of Kansas to perform it. For most people in the audience, this is going to be the first time that they see this show. Which means they're going to remember the show for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's just, how is it not exactly like that? And that's why I'm saying, that's why my sister's like going all crazy over it. It's just like, how can I not laugh at it every time? I mean, think of that, right? So here's, um, here's the, uh, the, the, the big ending between Shrek and Fiona. Here's their song. <laughs> I don't think that kid who played Shrek hit one note on key the entire time because the way it, this is the way it's supposed to sound. And I'm not classy. We make a perfect pair. Radiant and rude. So in love and much too gassy. We are ogres. We are scary. We are donkeys. We are hairy. Stories to be told. We will write them. We will tell them. You will hear them. You will 
sounds like they're singing two different songs. <laughs> that kid is horrible. What an idiot. And um, he's really gay, too. I, You know, sorry, what? I didn't know, you know, he thought he'd, that's why I thought he'd be better. <laughs> I don't care if he's gay, but I don't thought he'd be able to sing on key. Um, oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Two hours of that. And, of course, as we were talking about, remember, we were talking about the mice the mice, the three blind mice that are supposed to be the show. Sto- that's going to be a showstopper. I mean, we have my sister and Doria on tape saying this is good. The mice are going to be a showstopper. Well, let's see. That's the show-stopping number. The mice, and one of those mice is an all-around entertainer. And that's what makes the mice so spectacular in this show-stopping number from Shrek. Isn't that terrific? This is a joke. Are these Polish girls? Exactly. Oh, my. So that's what I had to endure yesterday. But, uh, you know, I was excited about it so I could get a couple of clips and play them for you. Always hoping that there's going to be some sort of diamond in the rough and it's going to be so magical and, of course, it never is. Now, again, they're like 10, you know, 8. To, there's like people from 5 to probably 13 in the cast. So, of course, it's going to stink. But it's just, again, it's, you know, I'm listening to my sister and be like, oh, you know, and the guy, um, the woman playing this and playing that and the guy playing the kid, oh, he's phenomenal. I'm telling you, I have to put a word into his college that he's going. I don't know where she's getting this from, but I guess we have to look at it that good for her that she has faith in all these kids. Otherwise, if there weren't uh, directors like her, just everything would suck. So I guess, you know, it's just funny for us when we hear talking and then we hear the final product. Because, you know, they made that SNL sketch, and that that's kind of the issue, is that you can't not think about that while you're watching the thing. And there it is. Uh, now, we also had the uh, Super Bowl. I just wanted to say, because it's uh, long overdue now, it's a week away, but a week gone, but um, I didn't do too bad. I didn't cry at halftime. Uh, because I had the over and I put everything in the over. So I ended up winning like a grand, but that, you know, paid back a lot of stuff. So it wasn't totally happy. I won a neighboring box, but I didn't win the big money. So eh, I was, eh, it wasn't bad. Uh, maybe I could have done the podcast that money because I wasn't feeling, but I didn't know how it was going to end. So I just figured, what the hell? So enough of that. Plus I made lasagna and I made some of those individual cup seven layer dips. And I didn't get to take any home, so I had nothing to eat when I got home because Memo took the rest of the lasagna. I mean, that kid, will, he'll wrap up anything. I, I was hoping to take that home. I was going to eat it because I, I baked all day the day before, and then I had nothing to show for it the next day. Now, what is that? Because I've been baking lately. I think I've been losing some weight. I've been cooking, so I haven't been ordering in. I've been saving some money. Oh, what's the difference? And who's this Justin Timberlake? That's not halftime material. That is not halftime what he did. That is not Super Bowl halftime material. His songs stink. 
And I don't have anything against her or anything, but it's like that's it's not halftime material. It's not it's not Super Bowl halftime material. It's uh it it it's just not right. Super Bowl halftime material should, I mean Pink, I'm telling you would have been better cuz she rocks. The Super Bowl should be rocking. You know, that's why I mean Prince was good and and Paul McCartney, you know people these are people the who that's Super Bowl stuff. Quite frankly, even Madonna cuz got the hits but J- JT well, this is what they should just bring back. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but it won't pay the rental on your humble flat or help you at the automat. Men grow... Tell me if you wouldn't have preferred to see that at the thing. Now that I took that from the one of the goddamn Super Bowls, you know, from years ago. I mean, that was at a Super Bowl halftime show. She's singing that song. I'd give anything to have her sing that song again. Really, I needed something. It wasn't working for me at all. He he he. It was bad choice, and he's great. Nobody doesn't like Justin Timberlake. Bad choice for halftime. Bad choice for halftime. You need something that rocks and dances at the same time, and he was a bad choice. I don't know who. I mean, I really do think Pink would be the perfect choice. I I don't know why they had her sing the national anthem and not do the halftime show. She's terrific. Katy Perry was terrific. She she covers all the bases. You know, she rocks, she dances, and she raps. She does it all. Justin Timberlake doesn't have any of the songs except for that dance dance song, and that wasn't working very well either. Poor choice for halftime. Poor choice. Also, uh, you know, I went out with uh, Artie and Dave again for Russ's birthday this time. You know, uh, Dave and him are a month apart. Then he got to wait for mine in August. And uh, Artie showed up again. I I don't know where he goes to after or before. I don't know what his story is. But, uh, you know, he looks exactly the same. I see on Twitter everybody's scared for him, you know. But, you know, he doesn't look any different. It's just people are just worried. Because we know how it's going to end, and it's bad. Meanwhile, you know, we're sitting there. We're having a good time. There's nothing abnormal about him. It's the same. It's just he has trouble focusing and stuff, but he stayed for the entire meal. <laughs> just like uh, on that crashing episode where he left, you know, him and Bill Burr were having dinner with Pete, and Pete, Artie's like, I'll be right back. And he's like, well, shouldn't we wait for Artie? He goes, he's not coming back. But he actually came back. He smoked a cigarette and came back. I would would have thought he wouldn't have come back either. So maybe that's a sign that he's getting better. I don't know. I don't know. Um, now, let me see. The big news this week is what I played up front uh, about Billy Mitchell. Now, if you're like me and you worship the movie King of Kong, so much so that, you know, I've, 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 I've met some of the players. I'm actually... Ranked on the Twin Galaxy site on the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom game. And Billy Mitchell was the uh, end all, unless you see this movie where Steve Wiebe beat him in the Donkey Kong legendary tradition. Now, this movie, The King of Kong, is one of the greatest documentaries ever made. Ever. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. There's plenty of documentaries that are very powerful, that are very serious. But this is up there with absolute genius. And it's a fact because the guy that directed it got to direct a couple of movies. Uh, because that's how good it was. Now, clearly, they 
when you're making a documentary about something like this, sometimes you just have to get lucky. And then, of course, you know, you got to make sure the editing is making what you have look, you know, set up. So they got lucky. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them, but they got lucky. They found this guy, Billy Mitchell, and a bunch of you know, wackadoodles in this world of, you know, 80s arcade machine gaming that are so serious about what they do that it just makes the movie absolutely brilliant. And they find this guy, Billy Mitchell, who's out of his mind crazy, but he is the uh, the champion of so many different games. And he has, at the time of the movie it was made, he has the Donkey Kong record, and then this guy comes out of nowhere and beats him. It's a really good, funny, terrific documentary. And here are like a couple of things that this antagonist, who is not an actor says during the movie, and it's just absolutely amazing. I had somebody draw an analogy for me once that I always remember. The top French pilot in World War I shot down 24 enemy planes. The top American pilot, you don't know his name, do you? Nobody does, but it's Eddie Rickenbacker. Shot down 26 enemy planes. The German ace, the Red Baron, everyone knows who the Red Baron is. That's because he shot down 87 enemy blanks. I mean, he was the best. There's just, there's a level of difference between people. And it translates into some games. I love, I mean, there's nothing better than him comparing his competitiveness with the German army and stuff like that. This is what he does throughout the entire movie. It's terrific. Anyway, the big news, and the big news this week came out that he has cheated, that he falsified a tape that he sent to the uh, Twin Galaxies, you know, system that said he got this thing. There's all this news that said he lied and he cheated. And we know he's sketchy and schemy, but this is surprising. And especially since it comes, you know, like 20 years after, like where did it come from all of a sudden? Finally, somebody was looking at the tape intently and they're like, hey, and it's really funny. I mean, if you see the movie, Billy Mitchell has this thing and his disciples. I mean, he has disciples for real. And they check out when somebody is, hey, this guy is creeping up on your record. And then they destroy them. I mean, it's really funny. And they go to this guy, Steve Wiebe's machine in Seattle, and they check out his machine with a fine tooth comb to see if he cheated, to see what it's like. I mean, it's horrible what they do to this kid. But they never do that to Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell, they just take his word because he has, you know, incredible sayings like this. If I have all this good fortune, if everything's rolling my way, if all these balls have bounced in my favor, <laughs> there's some poor bastard out there who's getting the screws put to him. <laughs> no matter what I say, it draws controversy. It's sort of like the abortion issue. If you're for it, you're a son of a gun. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun. Uh, I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. So I have to be careful how I share my opinions. Um, clearly, he's out of his mind because he's comparing uh, competitive Donkey Kong play with the abortion issue with Roe versus Wade. Uh, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I saw the documentary in the movie and uh, there was just as big a laugh as there wasn't like Wedding Crasher. I mean, it's it's, it's un- it, this kid's amazing, you know, and like, for instance, this is in the movie, and this is a classic scene, and this kind of makes the movie a classic scene with one of his disciples at this legendary place in New Hampshire called Fun Spot, which I'm dying to go to. 
over the summer. It's hard to get to and it's hard to find a place to stay. But they have like every game from the 80s that I used to play as a little boy. And one of his disciples, he's down in Florida and he knows that this guy, Steve Wiebe, has gone to Fun Spot to try and break his record live. And he is in the situation where he gets to a, it's called the Donkey Kong, if you don't know, it's called the Donkey Kong Kill Screen. And what it was was when they manufactured it, they just didn't have the technology to go any further. So your your guy just dies. Mario just dies in the minute because you can't go any further on the machine. They call it a Donkey Kong Kill Screen. The computer couldn't ex- couldn't have any more information to it. That's why you can only get a certain amount of points in Donkey Kong because it stops. You can't go any further in the original. And so in this classic scene, this kid, Brian Kirk, who is going around Fun Spot, letting everybody know there's a, there's a possibility of Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Anybody wants to see there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up? Uh, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up if anybody wants to watch. There's a potential Donkey Kong kill screen if you want to watch. There's a Donkey Kong kill screen might be coming up if anybody wants to see it. Hey Todd, if you're interested, uh, there might be a Donkey Kong kill screen in a couple minutes. Yep, see, you got the kill screen. This is the highest Donkey Kong score done in public. Um, Walter Day stated that this was the highest score ever done, and this is the first uh, kill screen achieved on Fun Spot's machine. Uh, Steve Wiebe has become the third person to reach uh, Donkey Kong's kill screen. And then it's so funny, this kid who's a disciple of this evil Billy Mitchell just... Um, calls him up on the phone and goes, uh, listen, we just had a kill screen. And he goes, well, I have a tape that's going to blow the lid off, whatever it is. I don't know. It's him going to another level. I mean, the documentary is brilliant and you have to see it. But um, yeah, so apparently he cheated. There's all this uh, information and he, he appeared on Compound Media, you know, Artie's uh, network with Eastside Dave. Uh, and here's the, here, here it is. Uh, they say the, the website, the you know I think Twin Gals would be removing former champion Billy Mitchell's scores from its lift after an analysis that it said showed his playthroughs of the game were achieved on the emulator MAME and not on an original arcade hardware. And he made these statements on Eastside Dave's show, which I know a lot of you also listen to. Um, and he and he went later in the event of the host Dave brought up. Uh, let me paraphrase here for a second. This is a tape. That is maimed, that people claim is Billy Mitchell. Everyone says the tape is maimed, the tape is maimed, blah, blah, blah. It's possible that it's not even Billy's maimed tape. They're trying to pass off a maimed tape and say it's Billy's when he had nothing to do with it. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't even know why I said that. I don't. Whatever the case may be, you're always rooting against Billy Mitchell. So you kind of want it to be true that he cheated. But, uh, I mean, it sounds a little sketchy that, I mean, you know, how did he cheat on a tape? Even back then, you know, I mean, it was so difficult to, it's not like now, like when this movie was made, they didn't have the really good computers where you could probably, you know, do some cheating. Um, I'm just looking if there was anything. Uh, oh, so they say, so here's here's the controversy. There was a lot of hugs and kisses and hooting from 
Twin Galaxies. Pete was on the phone and Pete was on his way over. He says this guy Pete. First he said Billy Mitchell said this guy Pete was in the room and saw him do it, and then he and then he changed his tune and said no, he was on the phone. So there was nobody there in person when he actually beat the score. So that is what's happening. Let's see if he has any. Um, he's some other stuff to say too. I. World Record Headquarters can I help you. I often have people ask me what my handle is, what my three initials are. I mean, come on. I tell people, look at me. What do you think my three initials were? If you don't know, you're not looking hard enough. T-I-E? No. Which one was I wearing yesterday? USA? USA. So I had Latin friends and I had Canadian friends and I always had to keep the Americans on top. Yeah, he's a wackadoodle, you know, but uh, that makes for good movie making. I will tell you that. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks to Billy Mitchell. Just thought uh, it was very important. Breaking news. Um, Also today I was watching um, music and lyrics (laughs) because my friend Caitlin told me it was on. I'm so mad when somebody tells me it's on because then I was like, I had the TV off. You know, if I have the TV off, I'm just like, and then somebody tells me it's on. I'm like, damn it. I just leave it on TBS. You know, I've seen it a hundred times. I don't know. I got to start watching. So I was going back and forth. I was watching the Brady Bunch this morning, right? Because they have that on Sundays. I just saw the funniest thing and I recorded it off the TV just really quick because I, it's the, I don't know why it's the funniest thing. I, it's so weird. It's the episode where Greg has a crush on his teacher who's you know 60s hot and he's doing bad in math you can't figure it out and then we figure it out it's his teacher that he has a crush on and then Wes Parker from the Los Angeles Dodgers is waiting in the car for his girlfriend that turns out to be the teacher and Mike Brady has an idea is that who I thought it was in the car wait right here and then he gets Greg and Greg changes his affections to the uh Wes Parker uh, which is a a classic Brady Bunch episode. But while they're trying to find out who Linda is, Marsha comes over with a couple of new friends. And one of them is new in the neighborhood. And her name is Linda. Hi. Hi. We've got a school project we're working on. Oh, fine. You know Randy and Hope. Hi. This is Linda. Hi, Mrs. Brady. Hi, Linda. She hasn't lived here too long. You just moved here a few months ago from Seattle. Uh- did you did you hear that? A few months ago from Seattle. It's such a weird pronunciation. I don't know how she got this job from Seattle. Let's listen to it again. She does it again later, but oh, oh, I have a lot of friends in Seattle. Oh wait, see, she says it the right way. Let me get it back. Seattle. I had it, but I want to hear the build up. You just moved here a few months ago from Seattle. Oh, I have a lot of friends in Seattle. Uh, Marsha, why don't you take the girls on upstairs and uh, Linda and I can have a chat and uh, get better acquainted. Well, uh, do you like it here? Okay, I guess. You know, leaving all my old friends, that's kind of hard. Well, I'm sure you've made a lot of new friends here. Yeah, I guess so. Pretty girl like you, you must have a lot of boyfriends. Me here or in Seattle? Why does she keep saying it like that? It's so weird. I had to tape it. You mean here or in Seattle? And then I looked it up, and there was like a site. Like, she's never worked again, because she was also weird looking. 
like this guy looked it up on the site like who, what her name was she's uncredited for some reason but some guy was like i guess he was like me and he's like who the fuck is this <laughs> like she looks like she belongs more in the adams family like the way she's dressed she's like kind of got a goth thing going and then her pronunciation of seattle is so weird and also i think she says something like like for me. well there's one boy i like there's one boy i like what the hell is the matter with this? I tried to do more information. I tried to find out what she looks like today and everything. There's no there's no information. It's just so weird. This, I can't understand. I'm not on television. I speak perfectly normal. And these weirdos that can't say Seattle properly and can't sing without screaming are on Broadway and on television. I'm just telling you, I'm sitting there. I'm a regular guy. And I wear clothes that are the regular guy look. And I just bought two of your shirt sleeve pajama tops. I'm here from Seattle. I can't even do it. What accent is that? Who is she? Who talks like that? Because even if she was a friend, like let's say, hey, Greg, do you have a friend we can put on the show this week as uh, we have this thing? And he would be like, yeah, I got this friend. And then they would be like, um, I don't mean to bother you, but what the, what, what is her deal? It's just, I, we've never heard anyone talk like that before or since on a, who's a random, it's almost like, if she was on a TV show now, well, now she'd be doomed because, you know, with Twitter. But you'd, you'd be like, something's up with her. Like, she must going to be on next week or something. They must be planning something the way she talks. Maybe she's like a double agent because who says Seattle like that? Let's, let's just listen to it one more time. Here or in Seattle? Oh, it's so weird, right? I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not. Okay, I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy, number one, because I was watching the Brady Bunch. And number two, because uh, I actually got up and taped it and said, uh, I have to show my friends who listen to my show why this girl is so insane. Now that the Olympics are going on, which um, uh, actually there was this one douchebag. He's an ice skater. He's a speed skater, I think. His name is Shawnee Davis. He is black. And this douchebag... This douchebag was so angry that he didn't get to carry the flag for America that he tweeted that it's racist. Now, I'd probably agree with him. Maybe I could let him get away with it if it wasn't. First of all, he's taking away from the girl who is carrying the flag, which is a luge champion. Now, granted, nobody gives a shit about the luge. So, yeah, it's a controversial choice in the way that a luge person. But, hey, she's still an an Olympic medalist. So she's allowed to do it. The Olympic Committee votes on who should carry the flag. It came out to be a tie. And when a tie happens, they have a coin toss. And this douchebag lost the coin toss. And then he hashtag Black History Month. What a sore sport. They should have just, if he's such a sore loser, he shouldn't even be in the Olympics. Because that's ruining the sanctity of what the Olympics are about. Nobody likes to lose. But if you're going to start off losing... I would have said, if you tweet shit like that, you shouldn't even get to skate with people because you're a loser already and you're already putting controversy in-house. We're not supposed to be getting in it internally with the Americans. We're supposed to be getting in it with the North Koreans or the Russians. Bad choice, dude. Not cool. It has nothing to do with being black. Nothing to do. They gave it to a white girl. And in this day and age, you think... Isn't it better to give it to a woman? You're you're screwed no matter what you do. 
let alone any, uh, you know, I can't, you can't even give it to Michael Phelps anymore because you got to either give it to a black or a white. It shouldn't make a difference. So he gave it to a girl. So this guy's all a bus and made this poor girl like, just like, sorry, I won the coin toss. What do you want me to do? I didn't vote on it. I hate that guy. I hope he loses. I hope he loses. Shawnee, whatever his name is. I'm totally rooting against him. What an asshole. What a complete douchebag. Thank you. And speaking of douchebags, so I was talking about Larry Nasser. So they gave him another 125 years. You know, he's already like, you know, gone for like, remember how that girl was like, they should have given him 300 years or she might have said 3,000. They're pretty much on that. So he finally said, um, he finally spoke. And remember, I've been saying, you know, he finally said, like I said, he said, these are what he said. Your words these past several days, their words, your mouth, your words have had significant emotional effect on myself and has shaken me to my core. I also recognize that what I'm feeling pales in comparison to the pain, trauma, and emotional destruction that all of you are feeling. There are no words that can describe the death and breadth of how sorry I am for what has occurred. This is Larry Nasser's statement. An acceptable apology to all of you is impossible to write and convey. I will carry your words with me through the rest of my days. I don't understand why he would write something like this. Again, I say, if you're going away for the rest of your life, the last statement you should say, because what do you have to lose? He's sick. He's twisted. He doesn't He doesn't feel this way in his writings. He's like, no, I was just, I love putting my fingers up girls' vaginas. So he doesn't give a shit. So why not go for it all and say, I understand, Mr. Nessie, you have a statement. Yes, I do. Chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. When I do, it's usually something unusual. Um, and now I know why I've always lost chicks to guys like you. It's not the uniform. It's the stories you tell. Lee Harvey, when you and your friend made it with that cow and your friends tried to make it with the cow, whatever it is, I'm saying that that would be what I would give. Something so ridiculous. That's from Stripes. No, by heart, except I mix up the cow stuff. Lee Harvey, when you and your friends stole that cow and your friends tried to make it with that cow, I want to party with you, Cowboys. I wonder how long they'd let him talk if they knew he was going that direction. You know what I'm saying? I wonder how, because he's allowed to say something. They allowed it. But that's the thing. You'd be like, chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do it, would you be like, all right, stop. Would it be like the rabbi when I was at my my nephew's bar mitzvah where he like made me stop because he thought I was making fun? which I guess I wasn't away, but still it was more interesting than this douchebag. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, I'm more interesting than the rabbi. I'm more interesting than the rabbi, and I'm more interesting than from this guy from Inside Broadway. That's right. I am. It's a fact. Uh, yeah, I'm a little Billy Mitchelling it up. Um, I'm a little full of myself today. That's right. Why shouldn't I be? Because if I, I tell you, if I don't once in a while, I'm, I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> so... I have to, but I'm just saying, like, why, you know, you, you, you're gone for life. Just say, Your Honor, may I say, you are looking very pretty today. And some of the girls that have spoken today are very sexy. I mean, you might as well go for it all. I'm not saying it's, it would be devastating, but you might as well go for it all. You're a monster. You're horrible. Leave everybody scared to death of you. You know what I mean? I mean go out in a blaze of glory because you got nothing to lose. What they, what they, I, I, I mean, they have me feeling bad for this guy because he shouldn't have had to sit through all those statements. Yet he should, but he shouldn't. I've never seen that ever happen before. It's very odd, but uh, he just picked the wrong year. 
This is the year of the woman, and he picked the wrong year to get busted. Um, I don't like when you don't go out in a blaze of glory. You know, I mean, this guy's really got nothing to lose. You got to pull off something spectacular, but he's a pussy, as we saw when that father tried to jump over and um, kill him. Also, it's funny, there was a, uh, well, it's not funny, funny, but there was a Cornell University uh, fraternity got busted this past week because they were having a pig roast in the sense of seeing how many really fat and ugly girls they could sleep with and then they'd get points. Uh, And of course, the Cornell chapter said it, they were shocked and appalled by these allegations when it was, oh, the contest was not sanctioned by the child. Oh, no kidding. Well, you know what's funny? We all know this goes on. I remember in the 80s, my friend was going, well, I'm not going to say who or where, but they were at a place. And uh, he said, yeah, we have this uh, pig roast, you know, and, and I, I have the reputation for going out with the, the biggest pigs. Like, it was a contest. It's been a contest since the beginning of time. I don't know why these guys are so stupid that people found out about it. You got to keep it a secret, dummies. Somebody must have tweeted it or something. I mean, yes, it's horrible. But this is what fraternities do. I wasn't part of a fraternity like that, but it's, it's been going, no, it's a, it's a horrible thing. I'm just saying that Cornell's like, I, I am shocked and appalled. It's been going on for years. Now, here's the, here's the really messed up part I wanted to tell you. I'm not going to mention any names. There was a girl, I remember, um, that we grew up across the street. And she claimed, and maybe so, uh, that she was raped. Very early on, like in the early 90s, early 90s, she went on all the shows and said, I was raped, I'm a victim of rape, I was at a fraternity, I was drunk, I was raped, raped, raped. And nobody really liked her growing up, so we believed her, but we didn't like that she was showboating on all the talk shows. Obviously, I have to word this correctly so it doesn't sound completely horrible. Nobody wants her to get raped, but, you know, we felt she was showboating it, okay? Just, that's the way we all felt. Um, Funny thing is, my friend uh, was at one of these fraternities and said that she was not drunk drunk, but just going up to everybody like, oh, please, please fuck me, please nobody has to know. Please, and my friend was like, I can't do it because you know Dave Juskow or whatever. Like, that was his excuse, but she's begging. She's begging for him to do it, and he was smart, and he didn't, because I guess somebody did, and then she said she was raped. Now, I think this happens a lot, but it's just an interesting twist that I know for a fact uh, that sometimes things aren't what they seem uh just kind of interesting she was going around the fraternity like that and you know what somebody's going to be drunk enough not because she was unattractive or anything but somebody's going to somebody's not going to be with their senses and sometimes what are you going to do somebody goes around saying that what's supposed to happen what's the end game there very odd and never forget that story and i thought about it when i saw the cornell thing which has been happening for so many years but you know, it's not always the guy's fault. It's mostly the guy's fault. But sometimes there are circumstances in which uh, we got to look at all the facts, which is uh, 
interesting enough uh, in the paper recently was the guy who got uh, banned from UCB, that stupid improv group, that Aaron Glazer, and this guy was in the papers again because he can't get work and he can't get anything because these two girls ruined his life who said they raped him. Now, they, 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 he might have. I don't know. But these two girls, and remember, he's never been able to find out their identities. So he doesn't even have the opportunity. I remember UCB did their internal investigation to improv idiots, Shannon O'Neill and Alex Sidtis, whatever the name is. And I've taken a look at them. I'll tell you, I can see where they would side with the girls. And um, they did an internal. Remember, the police were never called. Now, this guy looks gross. He definitely looks like he's a troublemaker. He's disgusting. And every picture, looks he looks like a rapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was never anybody that was going to take his side. And there was never an investigation. And his career is ruined. I'm pretty sure he was a horrible comic. And he was probably a horrible person. But, wow. You know, they just they just did an internal investigation. The police should have been called. He's never, he's never known their identity. So, he can't even say, well, who was it? Uh, I mean, I mean... I mean, obviously, he should just say, I've never raped anybody, but, you know, whatever. I mean, wouldn't you want to know? Maybe he, does. he says he doesn't know. It's just kind of, you know, we're getting lately into this whole thing where it's he said, she said, and the she's are always going to win. But I'm just saying, you know, before we convict, we should get both sides. Thank you. Yeah. What a strange show today, right? Going all over the place. And now let's talk about Poland because now we're allowed to uh, talk about uh, Polish people because they stink. Yeah. Poland sucks. Polish people suck. And as you know... Is this a joke? Are these Polish girls? From Arthur. Now we can tell some Polish jokes. Uh, the new Polish Navy has glass... What it was? The new Polish Navy has... Gl- I'm horrible at telling jokes, by the way. The new Polish Navy has glass-bottom boats to see the old Polish Navy. Ho! Uh, oh, thank you. Uh... Polish kamikaze flew 48 successful missions. Oh! Thank you. Um, Polish loan shark lends out all his money and then skips town. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Why don't Polish women use vibrators? It chips their teeth. Thank you. How do you sink a Polish battleship? Uh, You put it in the water, dummy. A little late on those cues. How can I do this if she is so late on her cues? Uh, Polish people suck. Polish jokes are back. Uh, remember, 3.5 million people were exterminated by the Nazis in six killing camps in Poland. Uh, the roundup of Polish Jews was often aided and abetted by the anti-Semitic Polish population, which looted the homes and shops of the Jewish victims. And now the Poles are offended because they are linked to the Nazi death camps. And you can all go fuck yourselves. Um, here's a, a longer joke. Uh, Again, I'm not good at this stuff. My dad used to get very angry about me for this. An American is walking down the street when he sees a Polak with a very long pole and a yardstick. He's standing the pole on its end and trying to reach the top of it with his yardstick. Seeing the Polak's ignorance, the American wrenches the pole out of his hand, lays it on the sidewalk, measures with the yardstick and says, There, 10 feet long, you idiot. The Polak grabs the yardstick and shouts, You idiot American, I don't care how long it is. I wanted to know how high it is. What? very late on those cues um i'm sorry i don't like jokes like that because it always i can't tell because it always reminds me of uh, this joke wait a minute wait a minute wait stop right there listen 
stop right there a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down. He's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, waiter, come, taste the soup. Waiter says, is there something wrong with the soup? He says, taste the soup. He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? It's wrong. Is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha! Aha! What do you know from funny, you bastard? <laughs> right, that's why I can't tell the joke. Wait, he says he says he's gonna hit with the spoon, and he says, "Wait, right taste the soup, taste the soup." I always think of that part in the awesome coming to America. Oh, you know what else? They're um, everybody's mad at Woody Allen again too. You know, they're all going through the thing, but oh, that's gonna kind of disaster because. I don't want to hate Woody Allen. His films are too genius. Are we not allowed to watch them anymore? It's getting bad. And Quentin Tarantino got screwed too because he was like trying to make a film of Charles Manson and then they're like, what are you making fun of the Sharon Tate? So it's something. And then he was uh, talking about Roman Polanski's not a rapist and he's like that. He apparently said that girl, the 13-year-old girl wanted it. <laughs> well, that's a douchebag statement. But Oh, the Polanski, those things are complicated. They happened so long ago. And everything is just questionable back then. Oh, it's weird. These guys make such good films, but, you know, I guess so does Mel Gibson, and I never want to see that guy again. I mean, I don't care for any of his films, but for me, they're not as brilliant as Roman Polanski or Woody Allen, but I guess to some people, he makes good films. He's brilliantly making a sequel to Passion of the Christ now. Very smart, because if you're going to be an anti-Semite, you might as well go the whole way. I mean, that's brilliant. You can't take that away from Mel Gibson. That is a brilliant move. Go for it all. I like it. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I mean, uh, how you doing, man? I feel like there was something else I wanted to tell you, but I can't. Uh, I felt like, uh, I don't know, we just kind of ran through everything I had to say today. I, I felt like I needed a two-hour podcast with Billy Mitchell and my sister and the thing, but I think it was a fast-moving, fun show. And waving through window, waving yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about how you doing well i don't know what's going to come up in the next couple of weeks but uh i know it's going to be good and i know we're going to have a good time in doing it i have a list of guests i'm uh, planning to have on the podcast shortly i just kind of figure out what day of the week i want to tape i think i think that's the issue for me i'm like i used to do it just do it every wednesdays and that was the thing and now I just don't know. This Wednesday's Valentine's Day. That's tomorrow, folks. What are you doing? I got big plans watching TV at home. I asked some girl out at the office to go out, and then she laughed in my face. So. But you know what? I don't think I'd want to go out on Valentine's Day anyway. But I'll tell you what I am going to do. It's Thursday, the day after Valentine's. Let me just give you a word. That's when you go chocolate shopping. Folks. Half off some of that delicious chocolate on Valentine's Day. That's where you really do the uh, the savings. Uh, you know, all the Jews go out on the fifteenth for chocolate shopping. Uh, it's a wonderful idea to do. Uh, so that's my big plan. I take a girl out. Uh, I take a nice girl, and we go chocolate shopping on the fifteenth. Ha ha, ha ha. So that's my plan. Anyway. I hope everybody does have a lovely Valentine's Day. If you have a honey of your own, and if you don't, uh, try not to kill yourselves like me. 
And there's plenty of uh, great romantic stuff to watch on television to make you feel worse about yourself. It's almost as bad as New Year's Eve. But we get through it, as we always do, because you can always look forward to a new podcast coming up the week after. Because that's the way we do it here at the Nightfly. So, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week, one week closer to the big March 6th production of Goodfellas at the Village Underground, and more to come. I hope everybody has had a great time today, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast, because I enjoyed bringing it to you. I'll see you next time, everybody. So long! (laughs) 